0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of We Should Play. This is the show where we play through a game every month and chat about our different experiences with it. If you've been watching and playing along with us, you probably already know that we're playing through Alan Wake Remastered this month, and today we're discussing episodes 5 and 6. I'm Nina, and as usual, we've got Sue and Brian to also chat about these absolutely insane chapters. I'm so excited to jump into these with you guys.
1: I am extremely excited. We wrapped up the game. It is done.
0: We have finished it, and now we have to talk about it.
2: There's gonna be a lot of hot takes today. I can feel it in my bones.
0: We all haven't told each other how we feel, but we all feel strongly about how this (laughs) ended. We still have DLCs to play. So that'll be next week's episode, but we're talking about episodes five and six, technically how the game ends before the added on content. You do not have to play the game along with us, but if you would like to, this is your final spoiler alert. Go play the game, come back and join the discussion. But if you're not playing along and don't want to have to fight the take it alongside us, just kick back, relax, and listen to the show.
2: Where we last left off, we went to the Anderson farm cause we were trying to find out some more information about the Taken and the light. We pass out drunk, we wake up and the Popo's here. Uh, we get arrested and get thrown in jail. And that's where this chapter kicks off.
1: And congrats to Brian who's trying to bring back Popo into
2: <laughs> relevant What the kids the say language now,
1: right? Of the, of the youth. <laughs> he's still so fighting for it every day.
2: Popo, throw the kids in the paddy wagon. You know.
1: <laughs> we start off in prison, and that FBI agent that has been just chasing us down and really bothering us this whole big game um, basically predicted his own death, and he's just like sucked into the void. And that's when we get out, and we team up with Sheriff Sarah.
0: I'm so excited that we got to team up with her. <laughs> i i I, I was not ready i was not excited to start off with because the last time we had to team up with an npc was the kidnapper in episode two and he was awful he didn't help us at all and i think this whole mission with sarah is fantastic because she actually fights
1: yeah she's super fun she's an awesome ally and i i'm glad we got to keep her around because we did a pair up with her later in the game as well. Um, I want more of that, actually.
2: I did think it was, like, a little odd, not that, like, she was helping or anything like that, but she seemed to, like, buy in and, like, sold on this whole darkness thing really quick. Oh my god! Like, granted, yes, she saw the FBI agent, um, Agent Nightingale, just, like, sucked up, but, like, there was, like, no moment of, like, what the hell just happened? No freak out or anything. She's like, yep, looks like there's some darkness here all right totally shall we what do i do flashlight okay like no no questioning anything like just the questioning ho.
1: came it was like a moment of like even as um fbi nightingale is being aggressive with alan she's like wait a minute Nightingale, i don't believe alan i believe you and <laughs> and she's like she's like i think i believe you and like yeah. girl girl there's no evidence proving anything that alan has anything good to do about this whole situation like she just ch- trusted us too much honestly
0: I don't know. Yeah. I think she was dreaming for something exciting to happen in her life, and it just manifested <laughs> for her. And I love that. Um, I think she was ready to fight. She's been ready to fight since, like, the age of 16, I'm pretty sure. She was ready. She was it's armed. It's a small
2: town. She doesn't get as nice. many chances for an exciting She assembled,
1: like, a neighborhood watch with the code word Night springs. That really does play into kind of the vision you have for her, Nina. She has Barry call everybody in this, like, neighborhood night watch. situation and give them a password which i don't think actually added
0: up to anything i mean nothing came from that situation by the way we fly past a lot of information that's not necessary Mm. Yeah. yeah i don't know if you guys feel the same way but there was so much thrown at us right at the end and yeah i have no idea what that was for yeah
1: i don't i don't know why we called all those people like barry stayed behind to call everyone that was in the secret group mm-hmm. um i never saw them they never showed up they never helped us yeah so i don't know what the point of that was it's just, just yeah. occurring to me right now
2: i honestly I, forgot he was even calling people <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah i remember when it happened but then just like yeah we just raised over it.
1: Out. yeah for sure
2: i feel like chapter five like we talked about in previous episodes how like like, we need that moment of break, you know, that moment of rest to, like, recuperate, uh, give the action pieces. I felt like Action 5, like, I felt like what they were going for, but it was just, like, every, like, ten steps you take, it was just, like, ambush, 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 ambush. And even my wife was just casually watching, like, she normally is very engrossed, especially in story games when I play them, and I noticed her getting, like, kind of bored, and watched. she's like, is this all this is? They just, it's, like, the same exact thing every single time. Some of the pieces were fun, but then I think kind of also what made it less... It, two parts. One, it made it less of a surprise that it happened every time you go into a new area and there's no enemies spawning there. I'm like, well, as soon as I get to this checkpoint, they're all going to spawn. But then it, it was like the worst kept secret. It's like you would walk into an area. There, not only are there no enemies when you walk in there, you know they're coming, but then you see those uh, the floodlights not turn on. I'm like... I wonder what these could be for.
0: (laughs) Talking about combat, I had a very, very different strategy in these Mm. episodes. I don't know if you guys have changed yours up, because I know, Brian, you were saying you were hoarding, like, flares and whatnot. I straight up went back to just, I'm going to outrun everybody. (laughs) That was, like, (laughs) Sue's point in, like, episode one, is I'm just going to outrun, and that's what I did. I literally would just, like, throw flares behind me and then sprint, and and I did not kill anybody, I don't think.
1: You know, it's, it's, like, there's a lot of parts in this game where I feel like the game trolls you a bit because um, you, I feel like you're intended to run past certain things. I remember I was, like, there's this tunnel uh, situation where two encounters happen back-to-back, and I could Mm. not make it through, and there's a spotlight right outside the tunnel, and it took me after the fourth death to be, like... Oh, I think I'm just supposed to, like, run over. I don't think I'm supposed to do any of this, because this is just, like, yeah. too much.
2: I'm, I'm very surprised, as Barry's number one fans, that you, you haven't brought up the best part that Barry has done so far.
1: Ooh, okay, so here's the thing, guys. The uh, Christmas Outfit lights. change. Yes, Barry <laughs> upgraded his outfit. That's what he was working on um, this whole time. He came out with all these little Christmas lights strapped around his body, and he had a little headlamp which he called his Eye of Mordor. That was adorable. But I will say, I
2: don't think Christmas lights are strong enough to do anything. I don't think it is. And my thought was, hey look, since you're so confident with your new Christmas light change, why doesn't Barry just go first and I'll follow him? But nope, he always follows me. I would them. rather
0: have Christmas lights than nothing, Brian. Yeah, we have, I know,
1: exactly. And first, and why didn't we think about it? Supposedly, Alan is this intelligent writer, but we can't think of our own, <laughs> yeah. like, strategy to equip ourselves in this
0: situation. But Alan's wearing all dark clothing. He doesn't oh even have, like, God. reflective clothing. Like, he's no. running around in the dark.
1: I also, why did the sheriff, like, open like four or five different buildings to take us to this location. She just like, ah, we have to go in through this bookstore, okay? We have to go in through this church and it's just like, I just don't see the, white. can we go around these places? Like, I don't think we have to go through that bookstore. We could yeah, gone around that bookstore. Yeah.
2: There, there's something not on the up and up with this sheriff. She was so she had- ready, locked and loaded. No questions on like, oh, these are the civilians in the town I'm protecting. Looks like they're uh, covering darkness, trick, trick. And then uh, and then she's like, oh, yeah, she's got the key to the bookstore. She's Lydie got the keys key to, to store?" Well, I'm the sheriff. Uh, it's one of the perks, you know. I have to have a key <laughs> to all the stores in town. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, something, I something, agree. Something's okay. on the up and up.
0: I didn't realize that this was my hot take until just now. I love right. her, and I think she's living her best life. Hold up. I, I have to say,
1: I love Sarah too. I just don't think she should have a key to every building in this town. I feel yeah. like there's just potential for an town. abuse of power. What are you talking about? It, do, she has no right to have a key to the church in the bookstore? That's a private business what she's is, going into. happening
0: in there? She needs a key to get in. She gotta do her job. Something's
1: happened and somebody will call her, okay?
2: Yeah. And also, the amount of time she takes to open that door, by the time she gets in there, whatever was happening has already happened. It's gone. They're out the back it's, door.
1: It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I
0: don't Her key know. Chain gonna, must I'm win I'm going to politely disagree. I think she is killing it. She's doing the best job she can.
1: I support Sarah. But I think you called it. I think she's one of those people that, like, she's like, I want to be the coolest, strongest hero in the world. And she's yeah. been training for this moment since, like, 16. Which she's- I just love.
0: She's been wanting to do that. Like, honestly, yes. okay. So I want to be like a Jedi or a wizard. If someone came and told me that, I would not question it. <laughs> I think Hadron you should. Came to That's me and say that I was a wizard. I'm not questioning it. I'm going <laughs> to
1: Hogwarts. Okay, so we need to fix that. That you cannot just give in to whoever shows up to your door <laughs> telling you there's a magical universe out
2: there. So to rewind here, elderly. People telling Steve anything she believes in. This is Nina's thing. (laughs) Anyone, a big burly man with long hair who says his name is Hagrid, Nina won't question it. Wake, you better put an end to this. Just get me to Weaver, Sheriff. I was impressed that Sarah knows how to also fly a helicopter. She seems way overqualified for this job that she is doing. Here is my hot take, and this extends even beyond uh Alan Wake this is just for all video games in general okay we need to retire exploding barrels in video games I think it's the most overdone trope anywhere across games it's like there's no discovery there's nothing cool there's nothing interesting it's like you see a red canister or a barrel you just instantly know shoot it and it's going to explode be more creative do better games industry I'm very passionate no. about exploding barrels. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Nina's no. Nina, Nina's just saying no.
1: Um... N- Nina's barrels. like uh, Arthur clenching his fist. <laughs> that's her right now.
0: <laughs> it is exhilarating, and it feels so good. And I do not want that to be removed from video games ever, thank you.
1: I never take advantage of exploding barrels, that's the thing. I never- I, I just- I'm so in my state of fighting that I usually just acknowledge them afterwards. Like, I'm like, oh, I could have done that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with getting rid of them. That's fine.
2: It's done. We're done with it. They're gone. Let us know down in the comments, do you like exploding barrels? Do they bring you joy like Nina? Hold on! Ow! I, I have two very important questions at this moment, okay? We fall off the helicopter. They're like, okay, we'll catch up with you later. Cool, got it. I remember in the previous scene when I did the helicopter, the, the defending the helicopter ambush fight, I had seven flares, fully loaded shotgun ammo, like, the most powerful flashlight and maxed out handgun ammo and flashbangs and flares. We land and somehow I don't have, not only do I not have any of that, but I have the starter flashlight.
0: They do this every episode where they, like, strip you of all of the upgrades you got. But it's
1: crazy because... That helicopter scene. Usually, it's be t- you know before a very big cutscene or something. They take away all your stuff. I don't remember there being a big enough scene for me to uh, have all my stuff deprived. I feel like it was a very I, short scene. It was like, I agree. Like I hated that that they took all like, away your stuff.
2: Clearly, the combat design I think has its issues. We can all agree on that. But the world build, like we always keep talking about, like oh the story was really fun. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see what happens next. And I really think that is a testament to how good Remedy Entertainment is at world building and story and narrative mm-hmm. design and the different ways like, I love the ways that they integrate like when you see those like real life things, fil- like they, they film real life segments and put them on the TVs. It's like a really cool, immersionary experience there. And I really just think that's a testament to how good they are at designing worlds and uh, like the mythos of these different worlds. Yes, um, I, I totally really agree, yeah.
1: If it, our complaining is aside. Is just because we want more of what they have, like in that exactly. game. We just want to get to it. We want to like sink our teeth into this stuff. Yeah, and that's and exactly
0: you... what I think it is. It's like mm. I want more of the story. I'm like yeah. I almost want like a decision based walking simulator of just this world because I want to dive into it and I can't figure out what the game wants to be. And I think that's where I get stuck. But with our complaining, like. This is still a really good game. Like, we are nitpicking at this point. Oh, yeah. It's hard to find things I don't like about it.
2: At some point in the power plant, um, Alan remembers that basically the last page of the manuscript is not written yet. It is half written. So basically, that is the goal now. We need to figure out whatever this device is or whatever it is that we need to figure out Whatever this is that Thomas Zane left us, get that. But then our to solve and finish off the darkness, we ha- we're going to have to go back, presumably in Chapter 6, to go back to that cabin and to write that final half page and basically restore whatever we can and resolve the story. My question for you both is, what would your last half of that page be at this moment?
0: Oh, I have no idea because I would write something absolutely ridiculous. I would write rainbows and butterflies, um, Barry's my new roommate and fashion guru. <laughs> I would just be absolutely ridiculous with it. Like, why not just write this amazing happy ending? if it's gonna save the world it doesn't have to be like good and like yeah that's what i the thought. novel like
1: it
2: doesn't have. it to doesn't be, like... have
1: to be good who said the book had to be good who's nobody's <laughs> reading the book you understand they're bringing it, it to life it has to be a
2: bestseller the ending would it ruin does it.
1: not who's gonna buy it everybody's gonna be a taken there's not gonna be money like there's no it's point gonna be that's what
0: bothers worst me so much rated book but you are all still alive because of the ending there so. you go
1: like are we really putting profits over people <laughs> Literally, like the world is gonna die if we actually. Care about Nina's it. She she gonna write in like Alan thing, though, to put. Prophets oh on. no, he's putting profits over people.
2: Nina's gonna just write in at the very end of it, and then Hagrid comes over and tells oh me I'm a God. wizard, and takes me to Hogwarts.
1: <laughs> I'm on the same page as Nina in the sense that I just don't think this book has to be good, so I would fix everything very easily because it was all a dream. Yeah. And then he wakes up. It was all a bad dream.
0: None of this actually happened.
1: And then there's a knock on the door. And then he gets up from bed. He rubs the sleep from his eyes. He opens the door. It's Hagrid! Wait a minute. (laughs) He's holding a letter of sorts. (laughs) What? I'm a wizard? And Nita got expelled? And it's just me going to (laughs) Hogwarts?
2: And let us know down below, what is your resolution? What is your final half page to this story? How do you wrap it up? Miss Weaver, Cynthia, I'm a friend.
0: Prove it. But yeah, we go through like this maze of like electrical equipment and then you gotta like Mm -hmm. shoot all the taken, throw them into the wires, what have you. And then we get to the other side and reach like the safe haven where we Yay. meet Cynthia Weaver. In the brightest
1: room in the whole game. It's so nice. She is the person who's basically, she reveals as soon as we get in that, oh, Alan, I've been waiting for you. Finally, you're here, you foolish boy. Um, basically, she was expecting us. And um, she was the one writing in that yellow uh, paint on the walls, yes. giving us the notes and basically giving us signs to where these containers with extra ammo and flares and things like that yep. were located throughout the game. So it was her all the time. And this is a confusing, confusing aspect, because if she wrote with the yellow paint, that means she wrote that whole thing about Cynthia Weaver loves Thomas Zane over and over and over and over in that basement, which... I would be embarrassed about like if I was her because that felt like diary stuff, not really stuff you just graffiti on a wall. But
2: we didn't seen graffiti on the wall with like initials and hearts. No, look, look, look.
1: What we saw there is like seemed like the scribblings of like an insane person. It was like like actually, I wish we would have brought it up to her because it didn't didn't make sense. So, we, um, we go into this tunnel that's filled with light that's supposed to lead us to the well-lit room. Which, Cynthia has told us that Thomas Zane has left something for us there, so she's trying to guide us there. But while we're going through the tunnels, and we're kind of starting to feel safe, we hear this terrible crashing sound. And it turns out the helicopter is crash-landing. And so Cynthia's like, your friends are dead anyway, so let's just go. And then we're like, no, I have to save them! Barry is my best friend! And I think there's tears rolling down his eyes, and I think, like, there's anime sparkles and stuff. And then he climbs out <laughs> of the pipe, and he starts running towards the crash. Thoughts, Brian?
2: Yeah. Um, so, hot take. <laughs> I'm with Cynthia. Uh, I would have left them. Think of the larger implications here, okay? The entire town is getting consumed by darkness that's getting ever more powerful, and you were the only person that can stop it. If you die this entire town, who knows, maybe the whole world goes under.
0: I'm going back for Sarah and Barry. Like, they're amazing. They're the best characters in this whole chapter. Love it. But, I am actually slightly upset with Alan saying that Barry's his best friend and then crying about it. Um, (laughs) You've been so rude this whole time. Do not come with some sob story that Barry's your best friend. Barry's my best friend. He's Sue's best friend. Alan, you do not equate into this like at all like i don't you
1: are not good enough for him okay you need to step back okay get back in your tunnel we'll take care of him and we go downstairs and as we enter the lit room which is uh, no shadows exist down here we open the shoebox. this is the thing that thomas zane has set aside for us um if anything ever went wrong with his story and we open it and it is a clicker and it kind of caught it's a huge callback because in like episode one um, Alan Awake talked about when he was younger, like, his mom gave him a clicker, and she told him that as long as he had this, that the darkness would always be away because you would yeah. click it, and then the light would fill the world.
0: We are now in episode six. This is technically the final episode of the game before the DLCs, yes. and we wake up in our New York apartment two years ago. He wakes up hungover and he gets his like glasses and painkillers that man i shouldn't be drinking anymore but look at that i'm on tv now i don't know if you guys watched the whole like i did and it was
1: unbearable and the funniest part was hearing him say i guess i was funny at least i was fun i'm like guy what are you talking about that
2: and it is cool because then we find some more context as to why he was most likely having this writer's block so the book that he's talking about on the talk show it's a it's wrapping up his famous it's like a six book series featuring a detective and he ends it and uh and he ends the book with killing off the main character the protagonist of the series so thus ending the chapter of that character's story and as he's talking to alice like okay i or i'm sorry at the end of the interview he talks about like oh well now it's time to go on to a new project talking about new characters and coincidentally or maybe less so that is when he hits the writer's block he was you know really good and really successful every one of these books was a bestseller but then all of a sudden he has to do something new and this is when he can't write anymore is because he killed mm-hmm. off that character
0: <laughs> we have to go to cauldron lake yes to go finish this page mm-hmm. and uh it's a very very long walk slash drive slash however you got there Yep. to get to Cauldron Lake.
1: It is far. It, it is takes far. us a while. We change vehicles several times. And um, we get these cool little ramps, too, while you're driving. Um, except they're very narrow, I have <laughs> to say, these little ramps. I keep hitting the barrows, and I cannot, like, launch this car off the ramp. But um,
2: They're the most anticlimactic things. Like, I, yeah. I, my wife's watching me, and I'm like, I'm going full speed with this car, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm going to go flying up the ramp, and it's just like, here's the ramp, and I'm just like...
1: Mm. <laughs> we have to get to that last page that is in the typewriter because we have to finish it but one of the things we have to do with the clicker is thomas zane wrote that alan would jump into the lake with the clicker and basically fill her heart with light um yeah. so we need to jump into cauldron lake so that's why we're heading to cauldron lake on top of doing the the
2: typewriter. yes page. and it's also important to mention too as per like one of the first manuscript pages that you pick up here is you know the whole point up until now the Darkness was just trying to basically capture you, bring you back, and make you finish that page in the way that the Darkness wants you to as as your editor. But at this point, as the manuscript said, um, the Darkness knows, Alan knows too much, and so at this point, the Darkness, to your point to, is now just trying to do everything it can to keep you from getting to the lake at all. It'll figure out what to do from there, but it doesn't even want you getting to Cauldron Lake. So now it's <laughs> where it's been always pulling you there now it's trying to push you away and it's it's a cool like dichotomy of how like the tables have completely flipped from like both of your desires but at the same time they're still completely polar opposite
1: and here's the part where i kind of start to get a little confused because i know we're going to cauldron lake but i don't know why i'm doing the things i'm doing in the car area like there's just a place where like it's like where all these like dead cars are and I have to press a bunch of buttons and move Mm. stuff and I don't know why I'm doing these things I wish he would say something like hmm if I press this lever then this will move this causing this to be a bridge like I don't know why I'm doing these things so I kind of got confused around that area for a while.
0: Yeah, I got stuck there too, because I saw the lights to turn things on. I didn't know what they were. But it's just like instinct at this point run towards the thing that has like a flashing light. Yeah, he was like, oh, I have to turn the generator on. I'm like, okay, great. Gotta find a generator. And Mm -hmm. then I finally have to like, get through the ambush in order to get back to the button turn it on and then like this like elevator comes down but he doesn't say anything about it yeah why are we getting on this i don't know
1: yeah a little bit more voice clips would be helpful in that situation because like i didn't even see the button i found the generator first and i turned it on and i'm like okay what did i turn on like what and then i'm looking for a switch and i flip the switch and then just things are happening like i could i would really appreciate some voiceover around
2: these parts i like when you're in the junkyard i knew like Oh, clearly I'm gonna go have to push a button or there's gonna be it like there's no enemies So I know there's gonna be an ambush. So what I did was I took the car that I came there in And I like spun it around and I backed into the area I needed to go So then when I hit the the first button and it activated the other one and then that's where all they come out All I had to do was just I just ran in hop right in the car and just drove through everything and <laughs> It made it really easy. We finally start making it towards um Basically, the cauldron, like what is the bird foot, uh, bird, leg pond. Bird, bird leg,
1: cabin. bird leg camp, bird leg camp. Yes,
2: and we see the bane of Sue's existence—a giant tornado separating us.
1: I'm very. H- afraid how did it of tornadoes. feel? It felt scary for me. Like, this game was really hitting the right chords with me. I was very afraid of Twisters growing up. I've never seen one. I don't want to see one. I had a literal panic attack as a child in the Disney ride Twister, and I went to see the (laughs) Disney doctor, who's like, she's fine. I guess it was very healing to shoot flares into it and destroy it. Um, It felt awesome just, like, blasting away this thing, and it was so much easier than I had hoped, which made me feel good because... Like when it started exploding i'm just getting that "Mm," that resolution i really needed so you get rid of the tornado but it's not over you have the clicker and you need to jump into the lake as tom and zane wrote and then put light into the heart of darkness so you jump in and you appear in the super cool metaphorical world where everything is fluid around you and words are floating about and stuff and you shine your flashlight and every time you flash your flashlight on a word, it materializes and you can hear the typewriter sound effect, which is so cool. I loved the
0: words and um, the first like round of words like I just flashed my light at all of them like what is the point of this until I figured (laughs) out you can pick up the phone and the phone tells you what to materialize because like he'd be like, Oh, oh I didn't even I know reached, that part. Yeah, because he'd say, oh, and then I reached the cabin. So I'm like, oh, is there a word that says cabin? All right, great, cabin. Mm-hmm. Or he's I, like, I crossed the sea. I'm like, okay, a bridge, that works. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So I really liked the phone aspect. I didn't even,
2: the even use the phone. I started. just I just illuminated every single word until something Same. happened. It was
0: <laughs> so cool. It's filled with
2: darkness. It must fill its heart with light. Yes, yeah, so we uh, are in the darkness, and we see... Our good old buddy Thomas Zane again, just kind of chillaxing, just floating down, all casual like, and um, and then all of a sudden, like this like evil looking version of Alan Wake appears you behind you, and Thomas Zane, who has been like very straightforward, very serious, like helping us with stuff, just very offhand, he's like, oh. Don't worry about him. That's just Mr. Scratch. Here we hear the darkness saying like I will never let her uh you get her or something like that. And we walk in and we're confronted by the darkness uh in the form of the old lady Barbara and um and that's when we we just shove that clicker. I I didn't even realize, I didn't I didn't realize she has a giant hole where her heart is supposed to be. And uh we just shove that, that clicker in there. Like don't mind me, just and then she just <laughs> <mind> explodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we that we alluded to her not having a heart. Zane said that he tried to remove her heart, but she didn't die. Mm. Uh, so he took her body and he jumped into the lake. That's how he first tried to get rid of her.
0: So after we have destroyed darkness, old lady, what have you, we jump into the lake to save Alice. And there's a really sharp cut to Alice climbing out onto the dock. She's, like, gasping for air. She's Mm -hmm. asking for Alan. We don't know where Alan went. We just saw him go go into the water, and that was the last time we saw him.
1: So I think, like, after that, we see the town is happy. Anderson brothers are there. Rose is happy. Everyone's doing great. Alice is out of the water, so she's saved. Alan is gone. And we hear over a voiceover, Zane got it wrong. He made mistakes. He cut corners. But the thing is, it's not a pond. It's an ocean. Or, oh, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. <laughs> That's the last sure. line in the game, by the way, guys. That's the last line in the game. And then we zoom out, we zoom out into space, we're out of it, we leave Bright Falls.
0: So, um, I'd love to hear what you guys
1: think of that last line. I hated
0: it at first, and I think now after thinking about it, is it a metaphor for something about how much larger the problem is? It's not like just this one town, it's so much bigger than what Ooh. we originally thought. So.
1: Here's the thing that we know about Alan. When they were on the helicopter ride, Sheriff Sarah said, Yeah, I've read all your books. You're a little heavy on the metaphors. And Alan's like, Really? Nobody's ever said that about me. So we know (laughs) uh, Alan is metaphor heavy. We know he's touched by darkness. We know also, like, this is interesting, and I'm just throwing that out there. When we go uh, to the part where Alan is waking up from his hangover, he says he reaches to his sunglasses because he's comfortable in darkness. And um mm, he wants to keep the light away. Yes. Yeah, so we know there's a metaphor there. Could it be his soberness and his alcoholism? Like light is the so- sobriety that he is dealing with, But really, natural urges is for him to just like disappear into this dark.
2: You know, the whole thing with Mr. Scratch, it's like, you know, kind of like the duality of man. and maybe it's mm-hmm. like when he was talking about his Alex Casey series, he he also alluded to like, oh man, that guy's like just so dark and dreary, or I mm-hmm. forget his exact line. So, I think that lines into like the duality of man. So, mm-hmm. like, when he killed off that character, it's almost like maybe that's like, you know, where his success and everything came from was tapping into that Mr. Scratch, in a sense.
0: I'm really hoping some of that is clarified or hinted at in the DLCs. Like, I'm, I'm very yeah. excited to see if they do try to explain it a little bit more. But I already know I'm going to replay this game.
1: What if? <laughs> Alright, I don't know anything about the DLCs, but what if in the DLC we are Thomas Zane and it puts us into a little bit of what he did? That would be helpful too.
0: Ooh. I think overall I, I really liked these chapters. I liked them more than the last chapters, but still not more than the first two. So I think I said chapters 1 and 2 were an 8 out of 10. And then three and four were six, so I'll give this a seven.
1: Um, I love these two chapters. The last chapter especially, super fun. My favorite chapter throughout the whole game. Last time I gave the game a score of 6.8. And for the first two chapters, I gave it a score of seven. I will be giving this set of chapters a 7.2. Episode.
2: This is tough, because I would give episode five a six, episode six a nine. So average together... 7.5?
0: Thank you guys so much for watching and hanging out with us today. If you'd like to join the discussion and throw in your theories of what you think happened at the end of episode six, join us on Discord, join our chat, comment here on this video. And next week, we're going to discuss the two DLCs from Alan Wake Remastered, so play those and we will discuss that next week.
1: And make sure to answer our question of the day, what would you have written for the final page?
0: Thanks again for watching, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye!